0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hour.
1: This is your host, Kurt Sumner. Glad you could join us on this fine Monday. A uh, little rainy where I am, but uh, nonetheless, it's a, a good day. Uh, I'm pleased to finally have my guest today. Um, <laughs> welcome, Rich Reddy. Thank you, Kurt.
2: How are you this morning?
1: Rich, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Rich and I became acquainted uh, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago, something like that. And uh, Rich and his company participated in our, our conference, our spring conference um, back when we did it in uh, in Alexandria. And we had a, a session called Tech Time, which as Rich noted didn't work out exactly the way we'd hoped, but nonetheless, we did get people <laughs> into the uh, exhibit hall and visiting with the folks who were there. And and the the company that rich has and the things that he is doing i thought were extremely interesting and would be beneficial to our our audience uh moving forward and of course since then rich you and i've seen each other at a number of conferences around the country Um, absolutely so i know that that the message is kind of getting out there to other people so um we can chat about if you wish how how that's working out in terms of going to the conferences, but maybe to begin with, just uh, tell our audience about you and what your background is and what led you to start the company. Good. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm happy. Thank you for having me, first of
2: all, and uh, hello to everyone out there in uh, in uh, radio land. Um, so, yes, Kurt and I met probably a year and a half or so ago, and our, um, our company is called STARS uh, technologies and we have a software uh, platform called Survey STARS and um, just to um, touch on that is you know we have a it's basically a software platform web-based to help land surveying companies run their business more efficiently and more productively so focusing on business operations and field management uh, my my background and how I got involved is um, uh, my background is primarily in business, uh, advisory, wealth advisory, private banking, m- more on the financial side over uh, the last 20-some 20, 20 years. Um, I got involved in uh, the technology side and in uh, SurveyStars specifically because I was doing some consulting work for um, some of the folks that were involved in um, in STARS, and through that discussion and through the work on trying to help them become a more productive more efficient company we we uh, began to talk about how we could take the technology out and uh, help other companies do the same so that's how i got involved and it's been a great run so far we're um we're growing quickly as as you know i think kurt and we're um we have licensees i think in in nine or ten states today and um hopefully continuing to grow. We think it's a great industry that um, has really a a ton of upside in in always trying to figure out how we can help these companies get better.
1: So I I know that your your focus that we've been talking about here uh, this morning and you and I have discussed before toward the surveying part of things. but I'm going to assume that the, the services that you guys provide to people to help them do better in their business could apply anywhere, really. Yes, it it, it can, and
2: and quite frankly, um, our focus on the software side has been primarily, thus far, in land surveying, engineering, um, and and, you know, loosely land development areas. And and the reason for that is that the software, like most software as a service businesses, started off as a proprietary software platform that was. started some 12 years ago. So when we when we pulled that out of being a proprietary software and decided to begin going out and talking to other companies and licensing it out, we we wanted to focus first and foremost on the the industry that got the 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 software built in the first place, which was of course land surveying and and engineering, but but clearly down the road as we continue to grow, we will have the opportunity to take the software and um, push it into other verticals. And, and some of those that are quite obvious probably to, to many people, you think about the business of taking it on a job and, and and moving it through a number of statuses until final, um, final completion. And, and with field crews, and that can be, you know, HVAC that can be plumbing, that can be um, that can be electrical, that can be construction, and so the focus today is on surveying and engineering. And as we continue to grow, that we will look for opportune times to um, to launch other verticals.
1: Well, being a, a surveyor all my life, um, I guess I can say at least uh, from from my experiences, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you've seen and heard as you traveled around the country and visited with surveyors all across the country in terms of their perspectives um, with regard to business and looking at the services that you provide and whether or not they're, you know, how they, how they look at adapting to that because, you know, one of the things that we always say um, about ourselves, whether or not it's true in the broader sense, is that we're so focused on, being good at the technical side and uh, the the licensed practice side, sometimes we're not as good as we might be on the business side. So I, I, I know you've talked to people and you have some clients. So I'm just curious what you're what you're seeing. Well, it,
2: you know that's a it's a great question, and I, and I think that it's uh, it the answer it depends uh, certainly in who you're talking with, uh, but we've traveled. Um, because we have clients in, as I said, ten or nine or ten states, we've, we've obviously seen a fair number of different types of companies. We also have companies that are one sort of owner-operator, one field crew, uh, or a, a husband-and-wife team, you know, with a, a small company that's either brand new and growing or has been around a very long time, but they just have a, a smaller focused footprint, all the way up to, you know, companies in multi-states with Fifty, 100, 50, 80, hundred field crews. So we have a fair, a fairly diverse group of clients. And so when we go out and talk, and we and we go to a lot of the shows as well. And as you know, Kurt, I, I've, I've, um, I've taken the opportunity to sort of pick the brains of a lot of people that either come up to our booth or that we meet at, at dinner or, or, or over cocktails. And and I would say that you're you're spot on in in what a lot of people say and and, and what they talk about as it relates to their their technical expertise and their technical training and their ability to really do an unbelievably good job in what they do from a surveying perspective. Uh, but, but I do hear a lot from business owners in the, in the land surveying world that a couple things. One, they, they wish they had more education or training today on just how to better operate their business. Um, number one and number two, the, you know, a lot of them do want to get better and more efficient and more productive, and and I think in many cases they do, they do understand that technology can be very very helpful in helping them augment that uh, and get better. But um, but that leap is but that leap is difficult, and so changing, as you know, right, changing in any industry is tough. I think it's very very tough in the surveying industry, because there's, there's a lot of history uh, to the industry, and there's a lot of pride in how folks run their businesses. So all those things are both, I think, challenges, but also outstanding opportunities both for us as a company and also for the industry, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, and one thing that, that I always found about fellow surveyors is that, for the, for the most part, they're pretty highly intelligent people. The, the thing is that they probably wouldn't be able to do what they do were that not the case, or, or particularly go into the business side. Um, but our training hasn't really uh, led us to have this kind of uh, background. Whether or not uh, we're the surveyors who came up through the the what, what we call the uh, not the apprenticeship program, but the, the program where we work for somebody and then uh, got to a certain level in our experience, and we end up getting a license. No, no. Uh, uh, official degree of any kind, which is pretty commonplace in, amongst uh, our older groups, uh, or even those who've gone to universities, I don't think get a lot of the, the business side. And we're so focused on the technical side that, that there isn't time to focus on the business side. So, And I'm not sure, I, I can't speak to engineering or architecture or the other professions, maybe you deal with those kind of people too, I don't know if they get more of that. And I'm not saying there isn't any training at all, but it's it's really sort of a, a minor element, if you will. So it stands for reason that although we may be really good at what we do, um, it, from the professional side, it's almost inherent in you know, us sometimes that we, we don't have the training we need or want. So something like this seems to me to be um, very valuable.
2: Well, and you ask, I, I'll give you a perfect example. And, and so oftentimes we... No matter what industry we're in, we kind of feel like we're on an island unto ourselves. And, and I will tell you that I have a uh, a very good friend of mine who's a um, who's a doctor and is um, you know one of these one of these guys who was uh, an unbelievable unbelievably smart individual as they went through their schooling. And of course, as a as a doctor, was very very technically trained and um, went through their their. Uh, Medical years and went through their fellowships and all of that, um, and and you know this individual was in the you know the top um, top one percent or higher of uh, on the MCATs, and so just a very very sensationally smart person and very technical. And 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 this person has told me numerous times uh, throughout over the years and has asked for thoughts and, and ideas and some advice on business topics, whether it's finance or whether it's just, you know, that they went out on their own not too long ago into a partnership, a medical partnership, and that was a whole new animal for them, um, and being able to understand how to best run that business. So I will tell you that it, it, it's, it's not too, it's not too, um, it, it's, it's very typical, I guess I would say, for the really highly technically trained individual, whether it's medicine, whether it's uh, engineering, whether it's surveying, uh, the highly technically trained, that they don't get as much focus and training on the business side. And so I, I think it, it goes across industries, but I think the best opportunity, quite frankly, is, is, is not only to recognize that, but then to look for ways to uh, really help you uh, not only get that some of that information and training, but also what are some some of the levers, for lack of a better term, what are some of the levers that can help you just operate a better business, and and that's what we we try to talk about. Because of course we have software, and and we think technology can be uh, a sensational lever to use. And I would say the only time we get uh, when we get a chance to talk to someone in the land surveying world who is open to change and is open to getting better, we have unbelievable conversations. There's also conversations that you might guess that we have where someone just says, "Well, Rich, you know." I know we, we, we could do better. I know we should probably change, but I'm just not going to change. And, I, in fact, I had a conversation maybe four days ago with someone like that, and, and they kind of chuckled about it, and they said, you know, I know I should do this. I know I should change. I know I should get more efficient on X, Y, and Z, but I'm just not going to
1: change. Hey, interrupt, Rich, but we're right at our break time. So let's come back and pick up on that because I want to follow up on that thought. So let's be back. Perfect.
0: 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today.
3: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the
1: Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
0: Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick steaks are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back friendly stake.
1: My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu
0: and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening back with Rich
1: Radke today talking about the services that his company can provide and we're really happy to have have you with us today, Rich. You know, one of the things you were talking about earlier was transitioning. And I think being in a in a situation where we are as surveyors, then we we totally understand the whole transitioning of the, the technologies, the instrumentation, even procedures, oftentimes, that go along with our with what we do as surveyors, and that's been a heck of an adapt, adapt, adaptation curve for many people. Not only from the perspective of understanding the technologies, but being able to afford the technologies, but it becomes inevitable at some point when that has to occur. So, I see the <clears throat> the same kind of thing. There's an inevitability as of what those options are on, on the side that you and I are talking about today as well. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, I think, transitioning
2: and, and understanding not only where the industry is going, but where your company is going is such an important such an important thing. And, and uh, actually, quite frankly, when you look at your industry, and you look at the land surveying industry, and you and I have talked a little bit about this over time, uh, there's been some really sensational, um, I guess, uh, tra- sensational moves that have been made in the evolution of the industry, the evolution of technology in the industry, the evolution of, uh, of sort of products and services. And uh, clearly the way you do a survey and the way you um, transition that survey through your company today is much different than it was, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And the technology out in the field has grown dramatically. So what what we see is we sometimes see that the so much of the technology has changed in the field, yet sometimes the technology and the, the efficiency and how folks are operating their business in the office, for lack of a better term, Hasn't maybe kept up as much, but one one of the things I would just mention on transition, and and this is pretty important because it'll come back maybe towards the end of the call when we talk about things that um, survey stars we think can help companies do. Uh, you know, we, we we talk a lot about this when we travel. Curt, you've probably heard me talk to people about this that you, you know your business is really going to go through. Uh, you know, one of probably three or one of five transitionary points over the next. X number of years, right? You're going to transition your company to the next generation, your children, if it's a family business, and that's something that you've set up to, to move to the next generation. Uh, in fact, in fact, that uh, only, only about uh, 30% of companies across the entire uh, small business world make it to the second generation. So it's not as easy uh, as it sounds, but that's one transition point. Of course, the other transition option, it might be to transition your company to your management team or your employees. And then, of course, um, and, and that that's also comes with some great opportunities, but also some very, very unique challenges. And then selling uh, your business and transitioning that company to a strategic buyer, right, a competitor of yours or a larger buyer that's rolling, maybe a larger buyer that wants to add you to their mix of, of services, um, and then, and then the the fourth one would be sell and transition your company to a financial buyer, and and that's becoming, I think, more uh, typical in the surveying world. Uh, certainly, we know some private equity firms and some financial buyers that are out there in the marketplace attempting to roll up, if you will, from a from a financial standpoint, some of these companies that are out there and help, you know, drive leverage and and and, and drive a larger, more diverse organization. So. So that financial buyer is definitely out there today. And then last but not least, unfortunately, the the fifth is you go out of business. And, and, you know, I've come from the financial world, and quite frankly, there's just not that many other options out there besides the five that I just outlined. And so thinking about that as an owner or an operator or a principal of a company um, is, is pretty important in trying to prepare your organization today for growth and, and efficiency, but also thinking about what your business is going to go through over the next one, two, five, ten years is pretty important.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting to, to get on that topic because I'd say that the incidence of calls or emails that I get at the office with regard to, do you guys have any information about transitioning business? How do you sell a surveying business? How do you How do you prepare for, you know, get transitioning, whatever, whichever case you're in here? Um, And so clearly there's a need for that, and it it isn't a new need. It's just that um, I I think the fact that, as you well know, and we talk about this on the show all the time, that that our average age being what it is now uh, in surveying, more and more people are coming to that realization. And oftentimes when you come to that realization, it's much later than you then is then would be good for you. You know, it's all of a sudden you wake up one day and like, oh my god, what do I do now? Um, so, well, you know, yeah, and in fact, that
2: by the way, that's that's the case in a lot of industries. But you did you know there's a statistic out there, and you'll appreciate this, Kurt, that maybe I think in the next couple of years um, there's there's a forty percent of the small to sized sort of family owned businesses. The leader expects to retire and that's within the next couple of years. Okay. And so there's going to be an enormous transitionary period across many, many industries. And, and however, um, however, about 43%, okay, about 43% of all businesses that fit in that category. So almost 50% of the businesses out there that are going to face a transition, it's inevitable because of age or what have you. Uh, only, only half. Of those, have any sort of have had any sort of succession plan discussion? Not even a plan, but right to discussion. And so there therein lies both the challenge uh, and and the opportunity. And I would guess those statistics maybe aren't uh, that far off in the land surveying industry, and quite frankly, might actually be higher, uh, unfortunately, in the land surveying just because of the average age and maybe the way that the businesses have been structured.
1: I think you're right about that actually and and having been involved in in surveying businesses of my own and also partnering in a couple of businesses uh, that had other disciplines within them, I've seen that all all through my my life you know people mm-hmm. try to try to make plans moving ahead and there are different kinds of auction options that people do and um, uh, I know there's a uh, the plans where I'm trying to think what you call them exactly, but uh, a plan where employees can kind of buy into the company um, mm-hmm. and then of course when the when the major partner the guy who maybe started the company has been the principal owner all through the whole time is going kind to of head toward retirement at some time and um, so you try to set up opportunities for people to uh, transition into ownership, if you will, or transition into yes. leadership. Ownership kind of comes along the way, but oftentimes those pieces are really, really small, and and so uh, there's just a lot of challenges in that way. I think, and sometimes people look at at those those types of options and say, "Well, that's really cool. We're going to buy into that." But then, mm-hmm. in the end, if one person owns all the assets, then you. You really didn't end up with very much. So, uh, well, you're 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 right in
2: that in that in that uh, strategy you're speaking of is uh, well, one obviously could be a management buyout, which a lot of people would refer to as a MBO, right? a Management buyout, and also a lot of companies will look to set up what you're speaking to. I think is an ESOP, right? An ESO, employee exactly stock it. option plan. Yep, yeah, that's it. And, and and those can be you know, again, those can be quite successful. ESOPs can be quite successful. But all of the transition opportunities, except for, you know, maybe number five, which is going out of business, which is the inevitable if you, uh, you know, I, I always call that, um, you know, you have to be careful about, um, you know, we used to say in the financial world, dying in a down market, which sounds kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, a bad phrase. But it's the same thing of, you know, dying without a plan puts a great deal of strain on your family if you're the sole owner or even if you're in a partnership and you haven't thought about things, even things like key man insurance and, and so on on your partner, you, you can put a great deal of strain on a family or on a, a number of families during what usually is one of the toughest periods that you'll ever have to go through in your life anyway. So you're, you're in a mourning situation and you're trying to figure out how do we deal with this asset because not only is it just the asset As the business, but you're also dealing with people's livelihoods because you have a group of employees that you feel a great deal of of responsibility for. So it's a very, you know, without a when you don't have a plan, it can be very, very challenging. And so, although we're, you know, I come from that background, so I can speak very, um, I think, very comfortably about it. uh, I think what we try to do with our 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 software and our technology and, and our our business is to get people thinking about not only how can they operate better today and and more strategically and more efficiently and more um, in a more structured manner, but how will that position them better for things like the inevitable choices they're going to have to make as they think about putting a transitionary plan together. So we try to tie those two pieces together because, quite frankly, um, if you don't, you know you're giving yourself you' you're you're not doing yourself
1: justice as a business owner that's very true and I, I was i was interested when you were t- started li- making the list of transition options and and the whole next generation one uh, was interesting to me because it seems as though uh, and this is just my my perspective but it seems as though that that isn't as commonplace as it might have been in years past where it was a sort of a family thing. People worked with their parents. You know, they they. But in today's world, I don't think that's happening nearly as much. And so, I would assume that the the next generation transition, uh, at least in professions like surveying, where you know your lead person is always going to be a professional one way or the other, um, I would guess that that might be becoming less less likely. It, it,
2: it is, and in fact, um, I, I think when you think about this not only surveying, but other industries, you know, so I mentioned the statistic around 30% of companies that want to move to the next generation within the, you know, within the family, that 30% make it to the second generation. And and again, that's with a a plan of some sort. Well, then the third generation, it goes down to 12% actually make it. And when they say make it, it means that they stay in business and they're an ongoing you know profitable concern and then when you jump to the fourth generation a family business making it to the fourth generation and this is across all industry uh... all small to mid-sized companies it goes down to three percent and so what what you realize there is that it's a it's a very very difficult thing to continue to successfully move a business through multiple generations and so that's why planning is so critical, and you're absolutely you're, you're spot on when you said that there's less businesses going to the the next generation. And in surveying, we hear about it all the time when I'm talking to people about about this topic at, at events or what have you. There's a number Sorry, of people. Again, well, say, we're, you know
1: coming on, we're coming up on break, so let's pick up on that when yep. we come back, and then we can talk about how people get help. So let's go take our Perfect. next break, and we'll be right
0: back. Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back-friendly stake. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution
2: gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on WebRadio.com.
0: Quick Stakes. 0387 or go to quickstate.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today
3: affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare but for many the government mandate caused more problems than it solved this is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Before we went to break. Rich, we were talking about the the whole transition, and and you were having a comment about the the frequency or the uh, the current state of that. And I, I want I do want to have you talk to people a bit about where to get help and how help can can be provided. I, I didn't know if you want to follow up on that a little bit more before we go there.
2: Yeah, all, all I was sort of saying as we went to break is I do hear um, I I heard from quite a number of people that um, when, when you ask them, you know, what kind of where are, is your business headed, heading? And I, I often ask, you know, what's your, what's your game plan? Because one of the things we really love to, we, we love to work with companies of all sizes and all shapes because we, think it, 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 we, we really think we can be helpful to those companies. But clearly a company who has uh, a focus on continuing to grow, the top line continuing to expand their margin or grow their bottom line and and continuing to what we talk about with folks is growing the enterprise value of their company, which is just the value of their overall organization. And so as you speak about that with people, then that topic about transition comes out and and oftentimes the the, um, comments will be, well, you know, my my kids really don't have any interest in coming into this business, and so what I maybe thought about because maybe I'm second generation, and I thought, geez, you know, it would be great to make this a third generation business. You, you're right in what you said, Kurt, that that's not as automatic as I think it once was. You know, children are growing up today with maybe more, and, and you know, good from a good. The good part of it is growing up with more options, they're seeing more opportunities in other, uh, other places and other industries, and they're sort of spreading their wings. And so they they, uh, they look at other opportunities and not just the fact that, well, you know, we have a family business, so it's going to be automatic that I go into the family business. That, that part has changed quite a bit. And, by the way, that's changed across, across industries. It's certainly not just surveying, but I do see it and I do hear it in
1: surveying as well. Before we jump into talking about how people get held, I have one other question that, that you might have some, uh, some information about. Uh, I've been involved a couple of times when, when competitors have decided to go out of business and there wasn't anybody to transition it to. So they mm-hmm. end up trying to, to sell the business or at least sell whatever assets they had. And it always seems that the asset, if it's a single practitioner, is that person. For the most part, I mean, yeah, there's records and those kind of things that have some level of value, but in my experience, somewhat limited value. Um, so that makes it really hard. You know, if you're if you're the person and you're going away, then what are you selling? Well, you're
2: again. I, I think you're you're absolutely right, and, and we talk to people about this. You know, even when we sit at some of the conferences, some of the surveying conferences. In fact, we just uh, got back on um, early Sunday morning from the Texas conference, which um, which is, I saw you at, uh, uh, Kurt. And and uh, one of the things that came up on a couple of conversations is is um, you know this idea of, of transitioning the business and or what's the, the business going to be worth. And I, I was I visited a company um, in which had just an enormous amount of records. And, you know, I think that's a hot topic always in surveying is, okay, well, I've got a ton of records, and therefore, right, therefore I have a a very valuable business. And I I would say that, um, you know, that in fact can be true, but I think to your point, Kurt, uh, that you mentioned, you know, the the value is in the eye of the the acquirer, and, and there's some acquirers out there that don't put a great deal of Value on just records themselves, but what I will tell you, they put value on is they put value on uh, process and structure and repeatability in an organization. And so you're right in saying, you know, records probably aren't as valuable as many people think they are. The the value lies oftentimes in maybe the relationships, like any business, that this company has. So their client base. For lack of a better term, in a community or in a region or what have you, and then there's value in in the people that that they have. And so, if you're a, more of a sole practitioner or a small organization with just a small handful of, of folks, and a lot of those folks are going to retire, then you're right. What is the value? And there, therein lies the challenge. I would I would argue, and I would recommend, and suggest to people that if you really focus today on running your business as a business, and you, you maybe people have heard that RILAB—that that acronym, Run your, Bi- Run your Business As a Business, and I think it's so important that as business owners in Land Survey, we think about our businesses as much bigger than ourselves, and we think about how do we operate this business so that tomorrow, if I got hit by the proverbial bus, we would not skip a beat. And the only way you can do that so, so many of these businesses are so tightly tied to their owner or their, their principals or two or three owners that it's hard to break that. And so if, in fact, you come to acquire a business and the greatest asset in that business are the three gentlemen or the, or the two guys and, and lady that are walking away because they're, you're going into retirement, the, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to swallow as an acquirer. What are you really paying for and, and so what we try to get people to think about is if you operate your business with leveraging technology, putting repeatable, scalable processes, these processes in place, then what you're positioning yourself for is the ability to say to someone, "Well, I could go away tomorrow and I could spend a, a month in Europe, and our business would continue to hum along and clip along at a very, very successful rate. Why? Because the business is not about me or about us as a small group, but it's about the entire uh, way, that we do, the way that we do business. Now, of course, if you're a sole practitioner, that becomes more challenging. Um, but thinking about running your business as a business and making your business be able to operate without you
1: adds value
2: to your business long term.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But one of the reasons I that that or brought that up was years and years ago I was involved in a in a, a purchase of of data, basically uh, from a company that went out and there was no successor. And, and getting that information and that data was relatively inexpensive. But all I really got out of it was that company's former clients wanting me to come out and reset a corner that got knocked out for free. Because I had all that information, so right, right, it didn't turn out to be so lucrative after all. So, I mean, it's yes. good if you were going to do retracing and that kind of thing. I know, there was some value, but it seems more than not that's what that's what ended up happening.
2: Well, and you know, I think that's a great. Your comment is interesting because if you think about it, Kurt, if you were the acquirer, okay, and if it was if you were going into a business tomorrow and you put yourself in the acquirer's seat. You know, what would be what would be important to you? Well, you'd, you'd probably want to know about their client base. You'd probably want to know about their uh, process. You'd probably want to know about the mix of business that they do. You'd probably want to understand their profitability. You'd probably want to understand uh, what assets they have currently in the organization, such as what equipment they have, what trucks they have, what you know sort of hard assets they have. You'd probably want to understand a little bit about the people that they have in the organization and you probably want to understand the process upon which they they take their 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 jobs into their organization and how do they take them through you know sort of getting paid and closing that job out and, and you'd probably want to understand if possible how much of this is memorialized and, and that's why if you think about putting yourself in that buyer's seat um, the beauty of leveraging technology and the beauty of having a structure and a plan that's repeatable and scalable is you can press a button ideally and show someone an acqu- a potential acquirer in this case right press a button and show them well here here take take a look at my my client base here it is press another button here take a look at at the last you know 50 jobs that we did and and take click take a look at this job and take a look at all the the, t- take a look at the very specific process that we went through to com- to take on and, and complete this job in, a, in a, uh, an appropriate fashion. Hit another button and, and let's let us show you not only how our business is priced out, but let us show you also how how good our clients have been in paying us on time or not paying us on time. All of these things that I'm suggesting there, when, you, when I say click a button, if you can get to the point with utilizing technology where you can click a button like that to an acquirer, even if you don't plan to sell your business, now what you've done is created, I think, and, and my financial friends would say, enormous enterprise value in your organization. And you might recognize we haven't even talked about records yet. Well, records is a whole other thing because as you get on the right technology platform, your records become over time you're building digital a digital platform a digital filing cabinet digital records and that's a whole different animal than um, you know maybe the records that many of us think about that were you know five ten fifteen twenty years ago so those are some things to kind of think about is if you put yourself in the acquirer's position and you were going in to visit a company and you had a blank checkbook what would you be thinking about wanting to look at to be able to start to value that company? And those items that I just went through are what I would tell you a lot of the folks would look for if they're financial buyers. If you can get to a point where you can deliver those with one click, you've now built, I think, some great enterprise value. And you've built a platform, if you will, or a repeatable business process that allows you to pull yourself out of the business and so the value of the business is not tied to you as an individual, if, if, if that
1: makes sense. Yeah, as you were going through that, it, it came to mind that all of the things you're talking about are, are sort of the perfect structure for anybody who is not ready to sell a business yet. I mean, thinking Absolutely. forward in terms of, okay, I need to do these kind of things because when you get to the end and you haven't done all those kind of things, then the person coming in or anybody looking at perhaps buying your company obviously is not going to have much to go on uh, in terms of uh, how this company was was created and how it kept its records. And so that, I think, is as important a lesson for our conversation today as for uh, anybody out there who's thinking about purchasing business. People, All of us know at some point in time the business we own is going to transition somehow or other, and yes. whether whether that's transferred to a family member who may have been working there, that doesn't mean you still don't need to do all those other things because eventually that's the the, the business is either going to go out of business or transition into some other ownership. So yeah, those all those things make perfect sense, and I'm not sure we think about those, and maybe that's why people like you exist because because we don't think about those kind of things when we're in the everyday process of just getting work done. Well,
2: and, and that's right, and I, I don't, you know, I'm very uh, cognizant of the fact that, you know, none of us can
1: assume that it's easy to think about, about these things. And believe it or not, we're at break again. So when we come back, let's talk about some of those things and, and the technologies that can help us figure out what to do.
0: 800-438-0387 or go to QuickState.com. that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstate.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork dot com. Thank you for listening. So, Rich, we've been
1: talking about a lot of different things in our last segment. You you made some really great points that are helpful to people on either side of the equation when it comes to doing the things that uh, your due diligence, whether you're looking toward phasing out or you're looking toward bringing something else in. And and I know that you guys have developed uh, some some really good technology that helps people make those preparations. Yeah, it's... um,
2: I tell you the the we do like to focus on thinking about two things right in and, and, and one of them is as leaders and business owners and operations managers and principals of these businesses is and I we talked about the five transitions that a business could go through and so one of the things we always try to stress is it, it could be any one of those you know four or five quite frankly and in the fact of the matter is, the most important thing is, are you in control of the destiny for your business? And so if you can be in control, uh, you can make those great educated decisions and, and look at the various options and make really great business and family decisions. But if you're not in control, if you don't have that scalable, repeatable um, process that someone would value highly, well, then again, you start to eliminate your options and you're not necessarily as in control as you'd like to be. And, and you know, it's interesting in this industry, uh, not not too dissimilar to other industries, but as I talk to guys in, in that are running businesses in, in the land surveying world, I mean, these guys pride themselves on being in control, right? Being in yes. control of, 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 every, of really almost everything. And I suggest to them, that not necessarily to be less in control, but build your business so that, or evolve your business into such a way that that um, you are you are still in control of the destiny of that business, but the day to day operations of your business, in, in in some ways, you'd like to be in less control of, because if you are in less control, then you have built a system and a process and a platform that um, is quite frankly just more valuable to the next whether it's an acquirer that comes in, or, or the other thing is, is the next generation. As a, a father, if I'm bringing my kids into the, to the business, I want that business to be in the best possible position that I can have it in before I sort of transition that to my, my son or my daughter. I mean, that's what most parents, that's the definition of what most parents would want, right? Not, well, we'll let them deal with it when they get the business. No, you'd rather and, have it handed to them with like, a,
1: a bow on top. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think to some degree, the changes in the technologies related to the the practice of the business itself, uh, and again, going back to our, our age and our educational backgrounds and what have you, but just the whole idea of new technologies, in some ways turning that side over to somebody else that isn't necessarily the business running side but the, the getting the work done side almost becomes uh, uh, just commonplace because... People, you know, in my age group weren't exposed to all those technologies coming up. It's harder to grasp. So, I guess in some yes. ways, yes. that sort of makes this self work out to some degree. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, exactly. You have to be willing
2: to. You know, there's some trust involved there, but you have to be willing to loosen the reins a little bit and allow others um, to to you know to, not only to de- to delegate appropriately, but let let others make make some. Good dis- business decisions, but the fact of the matter is, using technology, Kurt, you can really put what I like to call curbs, uh, checks and balances, and curbs around the business, so that even though you're not maybe you don't feel as in control as you once did, quite frankly, you are very much in control because you you set the agenda, you set the process, and you've built out a you know again a repeatable, scalable uh, business. So. You're, you're actually m- as much in charge as you probably were before, but it's the but but it's the process and it's the system that's in place that's going to help you get there. So the last thing I was going to mention and we can talk a little bit about how we leverage technology to do this is is I, I always use the term you know manage and lead with the end in mind. And I, and I think that's an important phrase for people to think about is, you may not know what you're going to do 2 years from now, 5 years from now, 10 years from now. Most of us don't know what's going to necessarily happen, but if we can think about in our businesses as leaders, as owners, as principals if we can be in position to say, you know, we're we're managing and leading this business with with an end in mind. And what is that end? Well, the end might be hey, we know we're going to go through a transition at some point. What we've tried to do we as we back that up to today, and today, what are the things that we can do in our business today to sort of manage and lead with that end in mind? And that end might be the transition to the next generation. It might be transitioning to a sale, or transitioning to a to a uh, uh, an ESOP, or what have you. If you think about that, and you fast forward back to today, and you can say, so what? What is the common theme that we need to do today? Well, the common theme you need to do today then is is help put a structure in place, put a a repeatable process in place, put some things together that are going to uh, allow everyone in your organization to to really focus on the things that they do on a day-to-day basis in a most efficient, most productive manner. And that's where I think technology can really come in and be just an unbelievable partner, quote-unquote partner, with your organization to help you get
1: that business um, really well-oiled Today, yeah, I agree. I, as you were, as we've been talking really through this entire our show, um, one of the things that's been on my mind the whole time is you, you've provided a ton of information here this morning that that's helpful to people, um, and I know that obviously it gets a lot more in depth than that. So the question I was going to ask is, um, well, maybe I should preface this, the question by saying that the whole continuing education process for licensed surveyors across the country is one in which, uh, to a large degree, has almost always been focused on technologies and not necessarily on business aspects. And, and uh, actually, I think in some states they even prohibit that, which is crazy to me because, you know, my thought is if you're not good, smart enough to stay in business, what good are you? <laughs> but nevertheless, right. I, I'm just curious if you've... De- delved into that side of it all, because I can see this being very valuable to surveyors everywhere in terms of having a, you know, a four-hour session or, or whatever the case may be to get into more details. Well, I, I think
2: so. So a couple points on that. I, I agree with what you just said a hundred percent. And quite frankly, I hear about it everywhere I go that people are really yearning for more continuing education opportunities that our business, uh, and operationally re- related, and, and less technical, and not not to say that the technical training is not critically important. It is, but many of these folks, as you would know, Kurt, being in the industry as long as you have, many of these folks have um, have so much technical training, and they're they're supreme professionals on the technical front. They're trying to figure out, well, I could be a I can be a great a, technic, a technical technical person in this business as I can. But if I can't necessarily operate my business as productively, as efficiently, as, and as profitably in today's world as I can, then I'm not positioning myself uh, for that sort of inevitable. And, and, and the other thing is that, you know, you, you give your blood, sweat, and tears to the business. Well, that asset, if you will, that asset, I hope, I would hope over time will return the favor. To you as an owner or as an operator, and and I so yes, people are asking for that, and I would say that I'm in. We're in process of trying to get some of these things pushed through, uh, these concepts and, and this type of sort of discussionary presentations into. Uh, some ce credit structure and, and it's difficult as you know because every state is different every state looks at it different and so the only thing i would say to the audience out there is if in fact some of the things that you you heard today some of the concepts and, and just the themes the things to think about if you'd like to talk about that more and and clearly we we all would like to have ce credits when we sit through a presentation then i would say you know reach out to your um to your local chapters and reach out to the to the national chapter and just give them your your opinion on that. And I think we can have a little bit of a groundswell here to get these types of, of topics um, nailed down and, and build out some pretty important CE credit presentations and discussions that can help these folks not only run their businesses better, but also you know, get credit for it, because quite frankly, it's critically important
1: information. Yeah, it is, and and as you and I have discussed briefly, although we haven't, as you know, we're still in process in getting it together, but on our website, we've been working really hard to develop a pretty, as comprehensive as we can, um, uh, array of topics and, and presenters all across the board, anything related to, to surveying and and getting these types of things in, and there are other people that have, you know, retirement strategy things. I mean, people have all kinds of things that they can share, but sure. getting these business-related ones more integrated into our system and into our list that a lot of our states will come to to look for speakers uh, is really important for us. Uh, but as we've talked about, the the other part is where there is what we call pre-approval by the state uh, board, then it does have that other uh, element where you have to, to file with them to get it. But, um, yeah and we're, and we're trying to, and we're trying
2: surveyors. to do both yeah, yeah we're trying yeah, to do both sure. and you, you as you know and and I guess the last you know sort of the last thing I would say is you know people might ask and ask me a lot well so what is you know how does survey stars fit into this and what is what is really stars all about and, and how does you know we talk a lot about uh, business processes and, and getting uh, more efficient and more productive and how you operate your business and so you know, what we've tried to do, and, and we think we've done, you know, quite successfully, is thought about the typical surveying process whether, where, you you know, a, a job gets initialized or a request for a quote gets initialized. So how what does that process look like from that moment on how a new job comes into your organization all the way through the prepping that job for the field, that research component, actually moving that, you know, scheduling and routing that job out to your field or crew or crews, and then that field work, how does that field work most efficiently operate? And then, again, that job coming back inside your organization where the, you know, the drawing and and the drafting gets completed. And and, uh, whether it's commercial, whether it's residential, whether it's builder services, whether it's municipal, whatever it is, and then how does that final product get built, and, and, and how do you appropriately leverage technology to, to, to do that, to bill your client, to get paid, to close out a job, and to build that digital filing cabinet of every single document, every single thing that you did on that job or project from A to Z memorialized and, and measured, in fact, on how you handled that job from from that A to Z process. So that's what exactly. In the nutshell, is what we've tried to build a software platform to eliminate redundancies, eliminate some of the human error, and automate as much of that process as we can to make that a repeatable, scalable process. And that's sort of how Stars can help you leverage and, and build revenue, profitability, and enterprise value. So that's that's
1: the whole idea behind Stars. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for joining me today. It's been great to have you on the show, Rich, and we'll continue to talk, but uh, I do appreciate you being with me, and I'm sure the audience will, too, so hope to see you sometime soon. Kurt, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, and uh, please reach out
2: to us if you'd like to talk about these topics uh, or would love to take a look at the uh, software. We'd be happy to show you, and uh, we, uh, we, we give our best to the industry. We think there's great opportunities continuing forward uh, as an organ- as, a, as an industry. Good.
0: Take care. Quick Steaks. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick stakes. Did you know that Quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden steak. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Steaks, your back-friendly steak.